This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello and welcome along to the Kent Online podcast. Thanks ever so much to Oliver Kemp for holding the fort for the past week. Well, there's one very big story to chat about today on Monday, February the 22nd, and that is the route map out of lockdown. The Prime Minister's been setting out his plans today on how COVID restrictions will be eased in England. Before we assess what the PM said, let's hear briefly from Boris Johnson. We cannot escape the fact that lifting lockdown will result in more cases, more hospitalizations, and sadly, more deaths. And this would happen whenever lockdown is lifted. So firstly, let's take a look at schools then. As expected, the PM confirmed all pupils will return to class on March the 8th. Outdoor and after-school sports clubs can also start up again. Let's get reaction from Alan Brooks, who's the chair of the Kent Association of Head Teachers. The huge fear that head teachers have is that we open up fully on the 8th of March and we go back into a situation with further closures in the future. And that is the worst of all possible worlds. Absolutely. And just talk me through some of the concerns that you have as a head teacher and how difficult it's going to be to implement things like social distancing. And we've got the idea of testing as well for secondary school pupils. How's, how's all that going to work? If everyone is back on the 8th of March, social distancing will be every bit as impossible as it was previously. You are talking about very large numbers of students in small schools. So social distancing as a two metre rule will not be possible to implement and, and actually never has been. The lateral flow testing is a real challenge. It's a challenge for secondary schools in particular, because if they are still saying as a government, every student should be tested before they go back into school, that will take at least a week for most secondary schools to get through all of their students. So they won't be able to open on the 8th of March anyway. And that leaves aside the fact that lateral flow tests are are not the most accurate tests in the world. And there is a worry that it will give a sense of false security to students that they've had a lateral flow test, it's proved negative, so they can do anything they choose and and that's not the case we still need to be very very careful and i know there have been calls as well for all school staff to be vaccinated before um children all children go back um or at least to be moved up that priority list what are your thoughts on that vaccination would have made a big difference it would have been possible over the half term break in a single day to vaccinate all those people who work in schools across the country that would have provided a great deal more reassurance for staff. It would also have enabled more staff to return on the 8th because there is a worry that a lot of staff in schools are still shielding. There may be more staff shielding now they've increased the uh, category for shielding and schools will be reopening with nothing like a full complement of staff. A vaccination programme, a one-day vaccination for all school staff would have gone a long way towards addressing that. So it's a priority for the government, but they've not done very much to actually move it forward. We haven't seen Nightingale schools. We haven't seen additional accommodation, air filtration systems. Nothing has actually gone into schools that makes them any safer than they were previously. And with a more infectious variant around, 
That's going to be a challenge, I think. From two weeks' time, you'll also be able to meet up with one other person from outside of your household for a coffee or picnic in a park. Then, from March the 29th, the stay-at-home order officially ends and the rule of six will return when meeting outdoors, including in private gardens. Outdoor sports facilities will also reopen. From April the 12th, at the earliest, non-essential shops and places like hairdressers and nail salons will be able to open again as long as certain criteria has been met. Gyms and swimming pools can reopen, along with libraries and museums. However, you still won't be able to mix indoors. Jay Atkins is the MD of Core Gym in Maidstone. I, I think when you put so much into a business and so many people have continued to support us, we really wanted to have something to celebrate. And actually... Although we now have a date for the first time, it, it still isn't, how can I say, it, it still isn't confirmed. Um, as they said in the, the speech today, they're reliant on data and they'll take the steps to review it. So until they can categorically confirm we can reopen, obviously nothing really changes. Unfortunately, the one thing that we have to do is put our opinions aside and have faith in what we're being told um, I believe that we are ready to reopen I believe that we will take every step again to ensure the safety of our members however until the the data has been reviewed none of us really truly know Hospitality will be able to reopen from the same date, but for outdoor service only. The rule of six will also apply and the government is scrapping the controversial substantial meal and curfew requirements that were used before. Philip Thorley is the director of Thorley Taverns, which runs 20 venues in East Kent. We shut down on the 4th of November and it's been really challenging. It's been challenging for our customers, our staff, our managers and, and ourselves at head office trying to steer away through this. We have only operated for four months in, in the last 12 by the time we get open. And that's super challenging, super challenging financially, uh, super challenging for our team from a mental point of view. The whole of hospitality has been the whipping boy really out of all of this situation that has gone on. The numbers now are, are falling off a cliff. The numbers here in Thanet are below 100 and continue to, to be driving lower. If the numbers were to continue in, in the vein that they are now, we, we would be really hopeful that we may get open for Easter. The backstop, as they've been talking to us about, has been the May bank holiday. As a betting man that I am, I, I'm thinking that we may get open on, on or around the 15th of April. So I'm hoping that around the 15th of April, that's when our plans are, are looking to get going. So we are now, we have the light on at the end of the tunnel and we can see it and you know, we're not far away now from getting our doors open again. From May the 17th of the earliest, up to six people or two households may be able to meet indoors, subject to a government review of the COVID data. Indoor hospitality could also resume and entertainment venues like cinemas and children's play areas could open. Larger crowds could be allowed to gather at performances and sporting events. Now, the final stage of easing lockdown takes us through to June the 21st, when it's hoped limits on social contact will be removed. This would also be when venues like nightclubs could reopen and larger events could take place. Earlier on today, we chatted to some of you in Chatham to find out what you were hoping the PM would say. If he lifts too much, too quick, it'll go crazy again. Yeah, yeah, 
they won't stick to the royal seats. And to be fair, like you can't blame them. Some of these people, and I'll tell you what, we were saying the other day, there's no cafes open. And I feel sorry for you think of the 78-year-olds that come into Chatham just, just to have coffee. a coffee so they can say hello to someone. I've got two, I've got two kids that are at school and college, so as far as I'm concerned, the sooner the better. Sure. Has it been a struggle? At having, having I don't them? have to, to um, educate them. They, they, they get one themselves, but one, one of my sons has really struggled with the home tutoring and he's getting ready to do GCSEs next year. So I really want him back in school as soon as possible yeah, for, nice. for that um, reason. Yeah. No, I just think, get the kids back to school and then after about two or three weeks, see if anything gets spread out from there and then take the data from there. Sure. Why well, I think that because they've done it before and then it come back the bites in the bum, didn't it? Everything opened too, too early. It's come back and bit us in the bum, so you don't know what's going to happen. Well, you can let us know what you think of the roadmap by commenting on the story today at kentonline.co.uk or by leaving a message on our socials. The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks. Other top stories for you today. And a man and woman have been found guilty of murdering a homeless man in a Dover graveyard. A court heard how the 55-year-old victim was attacked and killed in Cowgate Cemetery, where he'd been living in a tent in October 2019. 48-year-old Claire Lunn and 38-year-old Justin Burnett, who were both also homeless, will be sentenced on Thursday. Kent's fourth mass COVID-19 vaccination centre has opened today. It's in the former Saga Call Centre building in Ramsgate and will give jabs to people in Thanet and those within a 45-minute drive. There are already three others in Folkestone, Gravesend and Tunbridge. Coronavirus testing meantime for lorry drivers at Manston Airport is being scaled back. Those who spend less than 48 hours in the UK will now no longer have to prove they've tested negative before going back to France. It's feared John Lewis could close another eight shops just months after shutting a number of branches to secure the brand's future. The department store is reportedly considering closing a fifth of its 42 remaining shops, putting hundreds of jobs at risk. It's not known yet, though, if the ones at Blue Water, Ashford and Tunbridge Wells will be affected. Kent Online reports. Works well underway on the new multi-million pound riverside complex in Canterbury. It's set to open in the autumn and will feature restaurants, shops, bars and a five-screen cinema. Rooms for almost 500 students will also be built at the site in Kingsmead alongside 189 new homes and an underground car park. Two Medway schoolboys have passed their GCSE maths exams five years early. 12-year-old Daniel Mullins and Jeremy Agudiogu, who's 10, started studying while still at Cliffwoods Primary School and took their tests in Gravesend in November. We started doing maths quite a long time back and we just thought, like, why waste all the time you spent learning? Why not just carry on and test ourselves, I guess? When I was around... Halfway through year four, my head teacher saw that I was doing really well in maths and then during an assembly he called me to his office and asked if I wanted to do GCSEs early and I said yes and that's how it all happened. There was like, it was nothing like what we had been learning. We had to learn like an entire new set of math, an entire new way of learning, but it was fun, yeah. Some of the questions definitely were challenging. And there were like ones I hadn't seen before. As you heard then, the boys reckon it was fun but challenging. Their parents say they're very proud. This is Daniel's dad and Jeremy's mum. What they've done is very impressive, but 
What's more impressive is that they have fun doing maths, in all honesty, because they're not they're not driven. You know, they're not hot house. They just love maths and they like doing it. It's nice to see. It's nice to see a couple of young kids who just love doing maths, you know, and they enjoy what they do. So we're, we're obviously very proud of them. They enjoy it. So this isn't a case of, you know, mom wants me to do GCSE. It's a case of it really wants to. And actually, I'm just going to tag on that. Like, OK, when you don't do your do, clean those dishes, that's it. Wait. And Ella Henderson and Tom Grennan are going to be on KMFM tonight. They'll be on the hit list with Emma Jo talking about new single Let's Go Home Together. Tune in to our sister radio station from seven. Kent Online Sport. Football and it was a good result for Gillingham at the weekend as they beat Bristol Rovers 2-0. The side bounced back from a midweek defeat to Peterborough United. John Akindi got both goals in the second half at Priestfield and assistant manager Paul Rayner spoke to us after the game. It was a tight game you know, for 60 minutes. It was very tight, very few real chances. They had a couple of little sniffs early doors, so did we. But uh, as we said to the guys at half-time, you know, we needed to win that first contact, be a little bit more aggressive on that first ball, drop on those second balls. It's an old cliche, but we needed to drop on those second balls and then our qualities will come through. We always felt as though if we could get that first pass off and get up against their back four, we'd cause them problems and uh, and we did. And, uh, you know, delighted with the victory. We knew it was going to be a scrappy game. We'd watched the way that obviously we'd done our homework. We watched the way they played against Portsmouth, very direct, you know, very expansive. They took chances. And uh, so we knew what, you know, we knew it was going to be a tough, you know, aggressive game. So, uh, you know, there was a couple of niggles at half time, so we didn't want to take any chances. And obviously, you know, but the, the changes did freshen us up in that second period. Obviously, Callum Slattery got his injury, which we would have had to make that uh, that change anyway. But it also brought Robin McKenzie to, onto the pitch, who put in a really assured performance. You know, he's, he's had to bide his time. He came in, you know, a few weeks ago, did really, really well. Unfortunately for him, he's dropped out of the side, but he's, he's came on at Charlton and put in a great performance. And he uh, he put in an assured performance and gives us that stability in the middle of the park, you know, this afternoon in the second half. So uh, a couple of little niggles, but as I say, I think it did give us that little bit of freshness in that second period. The Jills are currently 15th in the League One table and they're back in action tomorrow night as they travel to AFC Wimbledon. On to cricket now and Kent's Ollie Robinson has been speaking about his hopes of being selected for England. The batsman and wicketkeeper made his England Lions debut last winter and is hoping he could make the step up to the top level in the next year. The 22-year-old has also been describing what it's been like training during lockdown. It's been challenging at times, obviously a bit of lack of interaction with other players um, which is always tough and I think it's um, well we're quite fortunate here that we've kind of we've got each other to 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 chat to but but the likes of like Podders is on his own and, and other people like that I think that can be tough at times um, and it's actually just we're trying to trying to check up on people and actually speak to them and make sure they're okay um, but but I think we're doing group sessions now um, so in small groups which is actually really good just to get that bit of competitive edge and and a little bit of social interaction. Like the other day, it was just nice to to speak to a bowler. I did a bit of keeping in the net. Jack was batting him, he was bowling. And actually, why well, I've been away for so long, everyone's had these thoughts. You think about things and, and then when you can actually Im, Im, implement it and 
and it's nice to get a gauge as to, to what people are thinking. Kent get their campaign underway in April with a trip to Northamptonshire. And finally, get well soon to Kent's Millie Knight, who's been in hospital after suffering a fall while training for the World Cup finals. The Paralympic skier crashed during a final warm-up and has spent three days in hospital, so missed out on the competition. She's continuing to recover from concussion. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. And to do it, just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.